All right, we're doing the Brain Trust podcast, and my name is Adam Vass. I'm a tabletop game designer in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Surfs up for another episode of the Brain Trust podcast. I'm Willie Oops, game designer in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Adam, how is the technological apocalypse coming? Sooner and simultaneously later than we we all thought. Um, it is it is here. It is it is beyond imminent. It is now. It's an it's current uh that's right everyone it is the year 2000 it is midnight 1100 and <laughs> everything is going bad uh, okay wait i i had the f- feeling today we're talking about cyber metal 2012 um i was like i wonder how hard it is to make a little cyberpunk sounding uh, guitar track right here so i'm gonna record a little bed music for Adam Ooh. to talk over and it's gonna go like you know oh we could just do it strong bad style Cyber Metal, game found. Yes, right now uh, you can go to pentagram.city and you can pledge for my new game, Cyber Metal 2012. Um, it is a lo-fi, low-tech cyberpunk RPG uh, in the year 2012 where after the gates of hell opened and war ravaged and the Ronald Reagan was assassinated by a heavy metal band on stage in the 80s, and everything went different and weird. Um, the Y2K bug happened, and technology took a weird revert. We're now in basically uh, what I call click-wheel cyberpunk. Um, hard wires, <laughs> lots of analog technology, but still a massive reliance on technology, uh, and also there's demons and roach people and uh, walking computer viruses that are infecting people's brains. Um, this is a project that I've talked about at length on the show in history, probably for the last year as it was in varied stages of development. And it is now live. And it is such a wild, uh, a wild journey that I got to go on and bring you all I- with. And you can pick it up right now at pentagram.city. It's got, uh, it's, there's several books. You got the Cyber Metal 2012 core book, all illustrated, written, laid out by Adam. There is a book of just the art. Uh, what's that one called? It's called SSD, uh, Symbolic Skin Designs. This is yes. specifically Tattoo Flash and hand painted cyberpunk and demonic illustrations uh, with tattoos in mind. And I'm also going to be doing a stretch goal where if I make a certain amount that I will get one of the tattoos at random. Like I'll roll nice. D100 and just go get that tattoo. Uh, so I could I could contact my local favorite tat artist and 
show them a piece of flash from this book and get cyber metal on my body. Yeah, yeah. Um, nice. There's a system in the core game where your character has a mark, which is usually a tattoo, but it can be a brand or a scar or a birthmark. And um, the table has like traditional Americana flash inspired artwork with like cyberpunk twists on it. And I couldn't commit to just doing a D10 table, so I made a whole book of a hundred designs. book table. <laughs> Fuck yeah. And then there is also Y2K. Yes. I, I'm really happy with Y2K. This was something that also was the product of a conversation on the show. Y2K is a playable demo. It is a preview and a prequel to Cyber Metal for one player and one game master. It's a standalone game. It shares mechanics with Cyber Metal 2012, but it is arguably a different game. Um, it's really interesting to me. It reminds me of like old PlayStation 2 demo discs of yes. like here's one level. So Y2K takes place in the Wired District, which is a smaller area within Pentagram City, the setting of Cyber Metal. And you're a human. There's no other class options. And because it's 12, uh, 12 years prior to the events of Cyber Metal, the technology is even lower. Um, so it spares me having to write all of the rules for the main game in a zine format and kind of overwhelming you with options. Gives you enough to play. Comes with this hex crawl adventure about you going up against the bug, which is the physical manifestation of the Y2K computer virus cool. uh, that reaches out its tendrils into the city and infects people, turning them into husks, which is like computer programming in a human body. And the programming is effectively to protect the virus and violently squash any uprisings that come against it. So, wow. A very cool little single player hex crawl in a zine. The game is free at worldchampgamecode.itch.io, but the print zine edition is uh, available as part of the campaign, again, at pentagram.city. You can get the core book, you get the book, the SSD, the book of tattoo flash that you bring to your tattoo artists, and while you're sitting for your tattoo, play Y2K with them. It's a two-player game. It's the whole night planned out, basically. That would be really sick. To play yeah. a game with a tattooer while they're tattooing you. I'm sure it would lengthen the process and the pain that you're in, but... Okay, so I guess first you get a kind of blank hex map on your back. So you have somewhere to play. And then, you know, while they're kind of... They fill in the hexes um, through play. I mean, that's it. Okay, so not only um, are there these uh, three printed objects that you can get, um, there is merch too, right? Yeah, I've got a t-shirt that I was really proud of that features this ram skull technological device um, and this rat who's plugged into the internet and hacking stuff. Uh, the t-shirt's really cool. It looks Vermin. like a metal band t-shirt. It's two-color print on a black t-shirt, but you can also get like a bleach-dyed variant exclusively through the campaign. Where Ooh, I, that's, that's the one I'm going to get. I literally will do each of those by hand and have like unique stained worn shirts, uh, which I'm, I'm juiced for. I, I like that aesthetic a lot, and 
I really wanted to do it on a full scale, but it's such a unique process that I it, it's you have to opt in, you have to want it. You you want to get your hands in there. I've got pins. I've got a metal pin that looks like a guitar jack. Uh, it's the brain port that characters plug into the neuro nexus, the hardwired internet that allows them to sync their consciousness to the internet. Um, Fuck yeah. It's a two inch tall metal pin with a pentagram and the world champ logo on it. Uh, I've got a pack of stickers, vinyl stickers and uh, temporary tattoos from art from the book and from SSD. Uh, I'm not sure which designs yet because there's just so much art. I feel like uh, I should probably be hampering on this more, but (laughs) cyber metal and Y2K have so much real ink art that I'm doing with my hands and tape and smudging and charcoal. Um, it was funny to me, the idea of doing a cyber game with all analog and traditional media illustration. And because of that, there's just so, so much of it that I'm, um, having a hard time choosing what to display. Um, so that I mean, this is this is an artistic process that you have been working on for about a year at this point. So it's a culmination of so much work and care and just carefulness. Uh, so it's Cyber Metal. It's 2012, and it's at Pentagram Dot City. Yeah, I'm also selling some of the original art pieces. Um, that was a kind of eleventh hour decision because I didn't quite want to get rid of any of them, but. Uh, you can actually buy the like physical paint on watercolor paper pieces of some of the pieces, uh, the illustrations from both of the books. Hell yeah. And if somehow the- you haven't got Necronautilus yet, you can add Necronautilus to your pledge. They are spiritually siblings. There, there's no shared mechanics and technically no shared setting stuff. But since Necronautilus happens after you die, it very well could be the same setting. And uh, they inspired one another, so I felt like it made sense for anyone who would be into Necronautilus would be into Cyber Metal and vice versa. Yeah, I I know many of us are completists for the Adam Vast catalog, so definitely get into this Kickstarter and get the, the print objects that you might not be able to get after the fact. So, Yeah, big... Big day, big time. I uh, We talked a, a lot last episode, too, about Kickstarter and how everything's going there. Um, this one... Uh, Kickstarter's that uh, crowdsource website, right? Yeah, people uh, give their coin to the chain. Is it... <laughs> If you got a great idea, they can get you set up. All right. <laughs> uh, anyway, this one is not on Kickstarter. It is being hosted on GameFound.com. It is a newer platform that does very similar things in that I can uh, offer pre-orders and previews to my audience. I can uh, hopefully expand my reach to new audiences that might not know who I am or what my games are. And... It allows for you to directly support this really huge endeavor that I'm taking uh, early and get better pricing, get better, like earlier access to the stuff. 
and uh, help me just finish making the thing that I've been making for so long. And it's an experiment with a new platform, so it it means a lot to show your support this way, especially in this time where it has not been harder to find a clear path of funding for a game, a huge project like this. Yeah, I'm interested to see how this factors into the project at large and how people respond to it, but um, it seems hopeful. I'm very hopeful. I mean, you know, I'm making the game regardless and this game's important to me and it's been a a labor of love and (laughs) frustration for a very long time i i understand the hate labor game yes (laughs) but we definitely both have been there i'm back in it where i really love it again and it i I don't know what happened i think it was burnout recovery (laughs) i think that's what happened. that's seriously it like with torque i'm now in a place where i'm just like so proud of it and i'm just like yeah yeah this is it it really comes back around i was uh, I was watching TV with my partner last night, and uh, at one point she goes, "What do you, what do you do? Like, what do you think about? What are you smiling about?" And I'm like, "I kind of <laughs> just realized that next week I'm going to absolutely fucking kill it." <laughs> <laughs> and that's such a cool, unique feeling, especially on this wide pendulum swing of saying like, "This is going to be an abject failure that causes me to quit playing games." Right. Yeah. We we are absolutely burnout lords, so <laughs> you know we just have to be so careful. But uh, no, pretty confident at this point that I am going to kill it. And if you're listening, why don't you check Pentagram dot city and see if I'm right? And while you're there, throw me a pledge. <laughs> rises to the top <laughs> that was more of a James Hetfield <laughs> <laughs> that's a line that would be on Lulu the cream the, oh yeah <laughs> the cream oh yeah to the top oh yeah I am the table <laughs> you know I, I've never really listened to Metallica yeah but they are the most popular musical group in the world so maybe I should um, Master of Puppets and Justice for All, uh, Ride the Lightning. This is like peak '80s proto metal thrash, right? It's, yeah, it, it um, it gets more radio friendly as time goes on. By the by, the third or fourth record, it's the songs you know, like the singles and stuff. But um, and then from there it gets. Harry, <laughs> I I think it's not right when I say that I haven't listened to Metallica, because I have been to a guitar center before. <laughs> You've heard the Enter Sandman riff played. Yeah, I've heard people in playing a gu- one. Guitar Hero esque way, full yeah. of <laughs> misfits. <laughs> <laughs> There's this like video where someone leaves like some hate comment on someone's like xbox 360 message like you can send voice messages starting with the xbox 360 and um 
it was like, you're just mad that you'll never be able to pleasure a woman the way I can with these fingers. And then starts playing Enter Sandman very shittily on guitar. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I've been playing a new game online. I've been playing Chivalry 2, which is like medieval bonking simulator. Chivalry is back, baby. It's back for a second installment. It's basically the kind of game where you have 25 people on each team and you run at each other trying to score a critical bonk on someone else. It's like Red Rover. Exactly. It really is often like Red Rover. Um, But I had somebody uh, just like DM me on PlayStation Network for me to join a group to seemingly flame me for something. And (laughs) it reminds me of when I played Overwatch a lot. Uh, We had it at our apartment, and all my roommates would play Overwatch, and we would know how well we were doing based on how much hate mail was in the inbox (laughs) for (laughs) the Xbox One. Um, I love getting angry messages online from people through like a console. It's so funny to read them. I've always had my privacy settings so that people can't do that. So they can't even like send me a friend request unless they're friends with one of my friends. Yeah, you gotta, um, you know, PO box is open. I'm ready for you to tell my roommate, my old roommate, Andrew, that he should switch off from Reinhardt. Uh, oh, usually wow. it's something uh, like that. That gave me flashbacks for sure. <laughs> Of doing voice chat and being like, really? You're Junkrat? And I'm like, that's the fun one. I am Junkrat. <laughs> I would cost. <laughs> I love the idea of replying in the voice. <laughs> yeah, I'm Junkrat. Oi. <laughs> Have a taste of me grenades. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> Really, you're Junkrat? Literally, I am Junkrat. Literally, I am. (laughs) And I'm the pig guy. Uh, (laughs) I can't remember his name. I think it's Warpig. No, it's Roadhog. Roadhog. Pigman. I got there. His name's Pigmalion. Yeah, I I so much prefer gaming in isolation. Computer gaming or video gaming. Um, I don't want anyone to interact with me. I I hardly even like playing online. Okay, I want. So I love playing online, and I love besting a human opponent. Oh, it definitely feels good. I do remember when I was really into Overwatch and how that feels, especially, uh, you know, the difference between like a blowout game and the fourth quarter win, like. Just how satisfying that feels to have a tight competition and then come out on top. Yeah, I, I love playing Smash online. That's something I do a lot. I do like 1v1 Smash stuff. And it's always an interesting moment when uh, you're playing a game and then someone exhibits some um, bad manners, a.k.a. BMing, um, like teabagging or something like that, because it communicates to me that the Geneva conventions are waived for the next match and that you can go full war criminal on what you do. Um, 
that's always an interesting moment when the social contract kind of evaporates while you're white knuckling a GameCube controller. I can't relate because that feeling just gives me so much anxiety that I just play like sprawling single player games <laughs> exclusively. When I'm like uh, deep in a crunch or, or burned out, I can kind of only play these games. I can listen to a podcast while playing and then doing like some kind of repetitive but also like slightly technical fighting stuff. So like Chivalry 2 is perfect right now because I can wind up with my uh, Zweihander, which is a sword, a type of sword. I don't know if gamers know that. Um, and you basically just bring it down on someone who is sitting in front of their TV also. It's really fun. <laughs> Uh, and, you know, you get clowned. Sh- Chivalry 2 is great because it's really funny, um, and getting killed is... Everything is a little bit quappy enough that it feels pretty funny whenever you die or when you really get somebody, and it's hard to feel like you're a you know pro gamer at it. It's it's really good. I'm digging it a lot. That's right. Oh, th- there's a dedicated scream button. <laughs> what? You double tap at, uh, square and you um, you do a battle cry and it's available at any moment. You can scream whenever you want. And much like Torque's honk button, there is no other gameplay element other than deep visceral role playing. Everybody needs to add these kind of honks or scream buttons in into their games. It's like so important. I'm trying to think of what I might have that's like a parallel. I don't think I, I, I I know you've talked before about, you know, like wanting to say the name of the game in the game as a, as a thing. That's always good. Right. Yeah. Having your, you know, Um, like the type of armor is called cyber metal or something like that. I think I did almost sort of retroactively do that with Necronautilus where the ship that you're flying is the Nautilus uh, nice. That was not initially part of part of it. I kind of had to justify um, the Nautilus naming convention. <laughs> I remember, we were like texting about what to name it. Yeah, and just doing like Necronaut. Is that anything? Like that's what I wanted it to be, but it was a comic book, and it felt like too close to the to the world. So I was like, no, yeah, I think you were the one that said Nautilus, and then I was like, okay, I, like that's great, but then. A month later, I'm like, I don't even know what the fuck that is. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's a perfect name, right? Because it's something that doesn't exist anywhere else, and yes. you can completely own the aesthetics of it. And so that's why, like, naming stuff is really hard, but it can be extremely rewarding when you find something that like is really good at communicating what your vibe is, or is a nothing name that you apply a vibe to. Like, for the fashion game, it's going to be called Big Grave, which has nothing to do with anything. It's just like, it's just like a name, but it's it sounds cool. It sounds styly, and that's all you need. E- Ether Operations was the same way of just being yeah. like, let's go. <laughs> like, it's not necessarily evocative in its own way, but through your design and aesthetic, you assign evocation to it. Yeah. 
yeah, I think that's really valuable. I think making up words is uh, awesome and underrated, fun I thing. Love making up words. That's why we play games. Uh, in 2022, I want to see a little less capitalizing nouns and a little more making up your own word. <laughs> Sometimes right, a word everybody. is just a couple words smashed together. Sometimes it's a word without some other letters, you know? Dialect, the game actually does a good job in it, uh, I think in the appendices of, like, how words could be made. Some sorts of words. It's really interesting because it's more informed by, like, how language develops. Um, like, how words get shortened as slang and how combining two, like, a prefix and a suffix that are unrelated can create like a new thing. Um, yeah. I think there's some naming convention tech in there on, in disguise. And we can also just go back to how Pokemon are named. Yes. Like, that's kind of re- really important. What does this animal look like? And what is its main power? Oh, Electabuzz. Perfect. Great. I know Bo- what it is, who it is, what it looks like, what its powers are. It's let's go. And then you've got like yeah, this one's name is Charmander. Oh, so it's a salamander that chars things. Yeah, Bazinga. sort of a little bit. favorite pokemon right now what are we dealing with i was a big sobble head i did love sword and shield so that was my sobble was my starter there um which i think is maybe a tadpole that sobs right that one turns into uh the sniper yeah one with a gun right the e- the emo <laughs> lizard yeah the emo gunfighter <laughs> Uh, do you think we're going to see emo cowboys ever? I mean, all, like, cowboys are emo, but I mean, like, seen cowboys. All emo, all cowboys are emo, but not all emos are cowboys. Right, yeah. Like, um, the man from nowhere is absolutely, if that was made in 2008, he would have a septum piercing. It would be the crow-esque, like, yeah, exactly. running eyeliner. <laughs> Um. Wow. I kind of want to live in that space for a little bit. If we had emo cowboys, um, yeah. Instead of ponchos, it would be um zip. a grindcore t-shirt. <laughs> I was gonna say zip up hoodies. <laughs> yeah, zip up hoodies. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, you have um. Uh. Is it called Etnies skate shoes? Just like really chunky <laughs> skate shoes. <laughs> yeah. Just <laughs> acid wash ripped jeans. Um, instead of an old cowboy song, uh, a cowboy is like, "Am I more than you bargained for?" <laughs> Just whistling Hawthorne Heights, and it yeah. echoes <laughs> out of the saloon. Um. Instead of Calamity Jane, her name is Good Charlotte. 
<laughs> Good Charlotte is an excellent cow p- person name. Yeah. Um. What weapons would an emo? Do they still use like a six shooter? Yeah, I feel like you can't get away from the guns, but I think that instead of a lasso, it might be a studded white belt. Wow. <laughs> yeah, whoa. I love the the like showdown, like the you know, the silent shootout in the street between the saloons and they have to blow air up to get their bangs out of their eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say, the horse will have a haircut where one eye is just covered <laughs> with bangs. Um, Hold on. I this think is good shit. Cowboys is actually the hottest <laughs> new shit. I'm glad this is the episode where I promote my biggest project ever. <laughs> so, so you can queue up the second biggest project? I should keep listening to the show. I wonder what else this designer thinks about or does. This episode, which began with, like, a fully scored cyberpunk segment, and then they started talking about Guitar Center, and... (laughs) That's what the Brain Trust podcast really is. This is a a dilution of our formula, for sure. You've got an emo cowboy out there in the desert trying to get the last drop from one of those uh, lock-top monsters you'd get at Warped Tour. (laughs) I'm picturing a cow, like, the the lonely cowboy heating up a can of beans over a campfire, but it is monster energy drink. I feel like we need to stop, but we can't. This is a runaway train that is going to be uh, hijacked by the emo cowboy. I guess, like, okay, what it, if it is a train robbery? It's warped to no. her, like... It's oh yeah. The the train is like the touring band. the The band is in one cart. The crew's in another cart. There's gear in the back. You're you're definitely trying to steal the gear, I think, or the merch. Yes, yeah. Oh, so you're a band. It's like you know the five man band, but it's like uh, you're actually in a screamo band, and uh, yeah, you you have your town, and it's got the saloon that instead of a player piano. It's uh, a, it's just MySpace like playing, <laughs> just, <laughs> just yeah. raw dogging through some phone oh speakers. Oh my god, the MySpace is right. Yeah, you would just load up a MySpace page and autoplay the music on. I feel like there's something to touring band doing crimes and then going to the next city. Right. I mean, it's it's really good it's uh, because. Sick. You have a show that you go play, you have during the day, instead of setting up, because that's the boring part, you just replace that with holding up a bank to go buy um, Manic Panic hair dye. This almost feels like a like a smash cut. Like It would be a music video, basically. <laughs> like You have hmm. the performance scenes, and then you have the crime scenes, but... Doing it in like a blades in the dark way of like, or or what we were talking about when we were doing life paths and we talked about crime paths, right? Yeah, like act our our main role playing takes place during the performance at night, but we are smash cutting with dice or with mechanics back to events earlier in the day that affect how good the performance goes, or like if the performance gets raided by the feds or. 
You know, like basically if you get caught or like a swag rock band is playing after you and they uh, they really hate emo people. Oh, yeah. They they want to fight they hate you. scene kids. Yeah. Um, there's some good tech there. There's some fun tech to play. I, I watched this movie's not good. So I'll preface that. Um, I watched a movie not long ago called Spare Parts. That's about a. Uh, uh, all-female punk band that's on tour and there's some like swag rock broy bar guys that are like heckling them while they play and a fight breaks out and then um, as they're like driving away from the venue they do get kidnapped and in a saw like procedure their limbs are replaced with oh, axes wow. <laughs> And javelins and stuff, and then they're made to fight in, uh, like, a gladiator combat forever. Like, it never returns to the music format, which which is a shame. I thought it would be... I got it with uh, Mosh Macabre in mind, my campfire punk rock slasher deck, thinking that it was going to be a punk rock horror, but the the musical aspect of it is over in ten minutes, and then it's just, like, pit-fighting schlock. Um which is not inherently bad, but you know, not what I wanted, but I, yeah, the idea of like the performance is happening while other stuff is happening. And we've both toured and performed and you know, like you're playing music, but you're still a human being that can see and think and like there's distractions or you can interact with people while you're playing. Um, I often will talk with or communicate with, people off state like like our tour manager or something um mostly to like convey information oh the security guard is getting out of line oh there's a fight over there or like a kid's hurt whatever that doesn't necessarily cause the performance to stop um wow i haven't ever done that kind of communication usually in like the improv heavy settings i'm usually communicating something like i'm about to blow yeah (laughs) (laughs) I think during band practice and stuff, that's more. It's kind of my, my frequency. Main, the main thing I'm trying to get off my chest. Yeah, but I'm gonna blow here in a few moments. <laughs> but just sort of extrapolating that into being like, right? The the sort of cowboy squinting, like just <laughs> yeah. having the beef with Sergio someone silently. Leona mega close up and you're just kind of like glancing at the drummer and the drummer glances back and then you're all you, you do uh the scene kids standoff the where subtle you're nod. trying to cue up the next part of the song this also okay, makes so like me think of like scott pilgrim battle of the bands yes uh, i mean uh, that's got to be what it is right that like that's why there are so many it's warped tour so there's it's basically a battle of the bands and you have like a group I I really like the idea of having team-based fighting in a game, like uh, conflict, where you have to do teamwork instead of like, on my turn, I do this thing. It's like, your turns exist as a group expression of intent or something like that, so you're all doing something together, and I think like, yeah, that kind of standoff cowboy glance thing is like, in a musical context, it happens literally 900 times a song like that's that's all music is is kind of shiftily glancing at your fellow musicians but the guitar player playing a solo is like points but the second guitar player doing guitar minis with the solo is like 
not just times two. It's like squared, you know, like yeah. it's huge. Yeah, that's fun. And I do like that you managed to somehow bring back. We're, we're back at Chivalry 2. That was not a that was not <laughs> an extraneous conversation topic. We're talking about team based combat now. Hey, yeah, that like sometimes and the combat, it's not like, you know, it's not actually fighting, but you're it's like a team challenge versus other bands performances and also the audience, too. This is um, while while we're on that note too, something that is part of cyber metal. Uh, the combat is centered around this idea of charge, which is like how much battery life you have, which is your health and vitality. But um, and then like when you do attacks, you're dwindling other people's charges, and it's an interesting sort of conceptual thing because. You, if you die, you can reboot from your past sync. Like, someone cool. else could go to a computer and basically like manifest you from your last save point, like a, like in a video game. Um, but the game also has that same system is mirrored for nonviolent competition. So, this started as um, doing drag ball, like your using your skills and your fashion and your just sort of aesthetic in general to basically stunt in a performative way and you being like hypersexual at a drag event diminishes the charge of your enemy in the same way as you getting in a knife fight in an alley so yeah the game wants you to have competition that mirrors i mean like that's sports you know like that's all kind of competitions are just we go and do our thing and try to somehow diminish our opponent's ability to do their thing until one of us wins um so treating charge rather than damage allows for a physical fight and a performative fight to use the same mechanics. That's so cool. I, that was a really a really happy thing for me cuz obviously the game is very violent and hyper violent, but I wanted it to also support a style of play that feels like uh the warriors was what a, a big inspiration and oh cool. So much I see that. of the warriors is that like gang warfare obviously like violent uh clink clinking bottles together i guess the, yeah that's that Run play yay. that moment to me is an attack right like it's a psychological right. manipulation of your opponent in the same way that throwing those bottles would have been so right it's all the posturing as a part of yeah, yeah exactly but what if you know instead of it coming down to baseball bats and chains it comes down to like a like a West Side Story like snap dance battle, <laughs> or that you like you've been on tour with this other band and you're going before them and you steal the guitar solo from one of the songs and you play it before they did. There, um, Jamie Taco keeps saying my lines. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he says it faster than me. Uh, that was a thing in Uncle Peckerhead too. Like you have the 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 band uh, the protagonist band and then you have their sort of rival band but they're oh, touring love, together yeah. or like they're playing the same tour stops 
And there's an event in the movie where like one of them is on the bill later than the other. And it causes tension like, oh, we're supposed to be headlining, but you're headlining tonight. That sort of like petty ego drama. Yeah. And then it becomes like, okay, we're just going to perform better tonight. Like it's not a let's fight it out. It's just let's do our thing. And that's such an interesting thing. And it's silly, but that is such a nice um, bow on the emo cowboys and the ba- battle of the bands and cyber metal and chivalry is this idea of competition being effectively indistinct from combat psychologically. Um, right. And games yeah. often will just focus on HP and damage. It's really not difficult. You don't have to have a separate system. You can, you can have a separate system and it could be dope, but it's not a far leap to have systems in place for nonviolent conflict resolution that still feels tense. And it's not just like, hey, let's talk this out because that's a separate kind of conflict resolution. This is still one of us wins. And you can kind of quantify it in the same way. And it feels really satisfying as a player. If someone like just confronted me on the street, there are so many things that they could do that is not hitting me that will make me want to run away (laughs) you know so yeah yeah, it's just reflecting that yeah i think that's really cool and i think too when you get into kind of pedantic trad games with different types of damage i think this is good for what they are which is effectively combat simulation of like you know piercing versus bludgeoning or psychic damage versus physical damage or whatever or especially games that have um have you quantify them in different ways or have them give you different status effects or whatever it's a little it adds crunch where there doesn't necessarily need to be crunch because like you said if someone hit me or if someone just said something really mean i'm going to kind of react in the same way as a human being (laughs) so like yeah my my adrenal system is doing the same thing. Right. So the game could treat it in a similar way and not break the game. I like games that have like a heavy combat simulation element, but let you hurt skeletons with anything that's not a mace. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, um, Y2K available now for free. Worldchampgamecode.itch.io. The preview to Cyber Metal available now at pentagram.city. Um, I would just sneak those things into there's like a very small bestiary spread of like here's a couple enemies and one of them will just say like immune to hell power and like <laughs> that's great and I don't necessarily <laughs> define what hell power I feel like you just know you know like you read that and you know or uh, cannot be poisoned like that one makes more explicit sense um, there's not necessarily poison mechanics in that game because it's such a light preview thing but it's worth mentioning anyway and also that the intent that these are stats you could transfer to the cyber metal larger game but um that is such great tech from like gamma world or ad and d where like things are expressed in a sentence that aren't mechanized so if you say that you just kind of have to jump to a logical make a logical jump to what that means for your world. So you have to apply this rule 
to your own experience of playing the game instead of like an idealized experience of playing the game and that's just the best shit yeah to me that's the difference between a role-playing game and a board game what one of them obviously but like yeah the expectation that i trust you as the player without me being there and without me writing it in the book to make sense of it in a way that's satisfying to you that is what like that's my game design philosophy in a nutshell yeah and to purchase the game design philosophy in a nutshell <laughs> pentagram.city uh should we take a break come back and then send it home yeah let's do that Did you see the uh, dice thing I just dropped in the in the general brain trust chat? Oh no, let me see. <laughs> it's the most banana shit ever. Is it gonna fuck me? Up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if you want to do it on air. What or... is this? <laughs> <laughs> this looks like something for at the MoMA. I love them. Milo's amazing dice. Incredible pa- patent dice with multiple values. They literally changed the game. This looks like something from Pee Wee's Playhouse. <laughs> this looks like something that Cherry would f- you'd find under Cherry's cushion. <laughs> what the fuck am I looking at? Okay, so to describe, <laughs> I just got to the cartoon characters part. <laughs> what the fuck? Okay, so you have this kind of dice form that instead of faces. It has flippable tiles, and the dice form itself looks like it's molded out of hard candy that has been in someone's mouth. This is the Jawbreakers from Ed, Ed, and Eddie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So one of them called the Golden Yahtzee Dice. It's not Yahtzee. It's Y-A-T-Z-Y. I'm looking at it now. Yeah, it is a... Just they kind of look like molded plastic, and each face has a mini die in it. Something like this. It looks like there's some paper craft here. Uh, this is fascinating. Um, the next one is a D20 with Patrick Star on it. <laughs> <laughs> and Minnie Mouse. Mm. Oh, there's a slot machine one. I actually like this. Do you see the... The one that has like seven, seven, yeah, seven, one thousand possible combination eight sided die. That is incredible. Um, now I actually think these rock. No, I do too, but I do need you to just go all the way to the bottom for the keychain. <laughs> the keychain thanks you for backing the Kickstarter. Yeah. Why don't we? Ha- oh, it says six 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 too. Um, One thousand numbers die. Thank you for backing. Uh, wow, I need a keychain that just says thank you. I think that's good. We should probably cut this whole bit, but it, these dice are fascinating. I think that was good stuff, and we're not dunking on it. Like this is good. It's not like the Jesus Christ five uh, E supplement. Like, Jesus has a stat block. Jesus has a stat block. Okay. We're keeping this in. There was a 5E, the Bible supplement, 
um, I don't have the theological degree required to get into a lot of this, but Jesus does have a stat block. It does introduce new races, which I love. I love that. One of them is human. <laughs> one of them is human. So, like, that's that's where we're starting at. Another one is giant. Uh, you know that there was Goliath, but maybe there are some more. Maybe Goliath had some friends. Yeah, I love seeing a wild Kickstarter. It's some of the most, like, purest expression of human spirit possible. One of the dice is an 18-sided die that has 54 emojis within it. It's only $30. Only It doesn't have any backers. I might back it. I think it's actually There's, sick. Yeah, one backer for $1 has a, let's see what this is, a $35,000 goal. I think this could go all oh. the way. There's a video of it rolling. Oh, shit, really? We should just uh, wrap up the podcast so we can enjoy this. <laughs> yeah, okay. So um, I have been Will. Uh, this is the Brain Trust Podcast. Go to pentagram.city. Um, go and back Cyber Metal 2012. You don't have long to do it, and it's going to be a game that will look pretty on your shelf for the rest of eternity until the next um, Y3K. Y3K immediately, like... I wish you didn't p- poison my brain with that because uh, you got to add. Uh, I don't want to. You should. Okay, wait. Add Y3K as the last event in the Cyber Metal 2012 timeline. Like true like, apocalypse. No matter what comes after this. your game. Yeah, you. Your goal is to get to Y3K. <laughs> um. Fuck. Okay, I already have. This is making my brain turn in a way that is good, but also the worst <laughs> possible. Uh, I've been Adam, and I'm on Twitter at WCGameCo. CyberMetal is at Pentagram.City. And all my other games are at WorldChamp.io. And uh, you were listening to some music I made for this episode, apparently. And uh, I will be doing something in 2022 where I have, like, adoptable soundtrack for your game or your Kickstarter. That will go up sometime live maybe partway through the year uh so look forward to that maybe this song will be on it who knows i might just give this to adam because hell yeah (laughs) (laughs) just gonna add a couple more strong bad uh samples for you at the end thank you uh all right brain emoji handshake emoji (laughs) 